لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يحبه الله فلا مذل له ومن يدلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا أبده ورسوله أما بعد قال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وبشر الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالئات أن لهم جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار إلى آخر الآية صدق الله العظيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Respected listeners, brothers and sisters Allah Ta'ala mentions in the above verse that I have recited and give glad tidings, O Muhammad unto those who believe and do good deeds and theirs are gardens underneath which the rivers close mentioned in Surah uh, Surah Al-Baqarah when we think of the life of our beloved Nabi Kareem Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the life of his companions mature and elderly people seem to come to mind however when we look at the first Muslims close to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who began his prophethood at the age of 40 we see that most of them were very young indeed at the great battle of Badr Abu Jahl, a vowed and bitter, bitter enemy of Islam, was mortally wounded, fatally wounded in the battle. And as he lay dying, he regretted his fate, not so much that he was about to die, but that his death should have been accomplished by, the, by two 13-year-old youth, Mu'az bin Amr and Mu'az bin Afra, of the non-warrior tribes of Medina. Everyone seemed to be full of enthusiasm and unto undoing each other in, in deeds of valor and to be honored with martyrdom. Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Awf radiallahu anh says that I was fighting in my ranks on the day of Badr when lo, I saw on my right and on my left two 13-year-old boys. Suddenly one of them asked me in a low voice so that his companion should not hear, Oh, my uncle, can you point out Abu Jahl? I replied to this lad, O oh, son of my brother, what have you to do with him? He answered, I have vowed before Almighty Allah that I shall kill him when I see him or shall be killed by him. The other boy spoke to me likewise in a low voice so that his companions could not, could not hear. I then pointed Abu Jahl. I pointed out Abu Jahl to them and, I took, and they threw themselves onto him like two hawks and killed him. These two brave 13-year-old son of the sons of Islam, Mu'az bin Amr and Mu'az bin Afra, were to become martyrs in the, one of the later battles. While Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was making the call to Islam, he received a large part of his support from the youth. In fact, while several of the first Muslims were around 50 years old and several were above 35, the age of the remaining majority was under 30. For an example, the age of the following persons who accepted Islam at an early age was Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu was 10 years old, Abdullah bin Umar and Ubaidullah bin al-Jarrah were both 13, Uqba bin Amir was 14, Jabir bin Abdullah and Zayd bin Haris 15, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, Habba bin Arab and Zubair bin Awam were all 16. Alha bin Ubaidullah, Abdurrahman bin Awf, Arkam bin Abil Arkam, Saad bin Abi Waqqaz, and Asma binti Abu Bakr were 
all 17. Muaz bin Jabal, Mus'ab bin Umair were 18. Abu Musa al-Ashari was 19. Jafar bin Abi Talib was 22. Usama bin Harith, Usama bin Affan, Abu Ubaidah and Abu Huraira and Umar were between 25 and 31. So those close to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and those who fought together with him were also young. For, for this reason, Allah's beloved Nabi Kareem Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave distinct importance to them. Narrated by Samara bin Jundub, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam instructed the companions not to kill the youth of the idolaters. When Abdullah asked his father, Ahmad bin Ambal, for this what this meant, he said, Oh, older people are not inclined to Islam, and the youth are closer to Islam than the old. As reported by Anas bin Malik, an, there were 70 youth from the Ansar, and they called themselves the Qurra. In the evening, they would disperse into the various districts of Medina and form lesson, group, lesson groups. They would lead the people in prayer, and return to the Prophet's masjid in the morning. The Prophet Nabi Sallallahu sent them to Bir Ma'una to convey the Islamic message. However, they were betrayed, they were trapped, and all of them were martyred. Consequently, Nabi Sallallahu read the Qunut prayer for 15 days in the Fajr Salah in memory of all those killed. Nabi Sallallahu said, On the day when there is no shade except the shadow of Almighty Allah's throne, Seven classes of people will have will find shade in Almighty Allah's throne. The first group in this in this hadith are those who rule justly, and the second group is the youth who are worshiping Almighty Allah Taala. In, in another narration, it is stated, Almighty Allah loves the youth who pass the youth in the obedience of Allah, in the obedience of Allah, and Allah loves the youth who repent. On the day of Qiyamah, on doomsday, until man is asked about five things, he will not be freed from the interrogation in Almighty Allah's presence. How did he spend his life? Where did he spend his youth? Where he earned his property? And where he spent it? And what work he consistently did for a youth who does a service for the elderly due to age? Almighty Allah Ta'ala will prepare others to serve him. An introduction into some of the young Sahaba trained by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Jafar bin Abu Talib. Jafar was the son of the Prophet's uncle Abu Talib and Ali radiallahu anhu, the elder brother. Jafar bin Abu Talib migrated to Abyssinia and was a result of, as a result of persecution from the Muslims. The Muslims were called to the court of the king to explain about Islam, and he was appointed to address the king. It is said that he explained to the king so well that the king gave permission to them, for them, for the Muslims to say, and he also accepted Islam, the king himself. This shows his knowledge and self-confidence as a youth. Another Sahabi, Usama bin Zaid. Usama is the son of Zaid bin Harith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's foster child and free slave. He was for Rasulullah, or a youth loved and befriended by Allah, by the Prophet Shortly before the death of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
Usama was appointed as the commander of the Sahaba army that was to be sent to Mute, in which were fought in that in that army was the likes of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu an, Umar radiallahu an, and due to this appointment, some began to indicate their criticism, their anxiety, their displeasure. Hearing this, their criticism, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam ordered a sermon to be prepared to the effect that some people had criticized Osama's appointment and that they had criticized his father Zaid, who had also been appointed to one of as one of the commanders of the Mute campaign in a in eighth after Hijrah and was martyred there. But that he loved that he, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, loved them both very much and found them worthy of this duty and that he wanted them to wish Usama well and obey his commands. Another Sahabi, a famous Sahabi Mus'ab bin Umair, a member of Makkah's wealthiest and noblest family, Mus'ab was raised in, in comfort and abundance. He was liked by everyone for his ways of dressing, courtesy, and physique. It is mentioned regarding his dressing in further research that Mus'ab, it is said that Mus'ab had, in today's time we have brands, say you call the Nike brand and you want to buy the fancy brand which costs a lot of money. It is said that Mus'ab bin Umair, he had one better than a brand. He had the most expensive material possible of that time and it was hand tailor-made to suit him. Even his shoes were tailor-made for his feet. That's the, the lavishness that Musab bin Umair experienced before Islam. He was an intelli- extremely intelligent youth and due to his fine and clear speech, everyone envied him. There was no worldly blessing Musab had not attained. But Musab, it is said that when Musab walked before he even came on the street, the people could smell the fragrance. They knew that Musab was coming. And that when Musab had passed for an hour later, they could still smell that fragrance that Musab had been wearing. But at the same time, Musab was in a spiritual crisis. Eventually, he went to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, was in Arkham's house and became a Muslim. His family had tried everything to make him forego his new religion. But Musab bin Umair abandoned his family his fortune, Makkah, and immigrated to Abyssinia. And when at the first Aqaba oath from those from Medina asked for a teacher to teach them Islam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam immediately appointed Mus'ab bin Umayy to this duty. Many people in Medina entered Islam with his efforts and most learned Islam from him. And when Medina's teacher Mus'ab bin Umayr was martyred in the Battle of Uhud, his feet remained uncovered when they covered his head with a shawl and his head remained uncovered when they covered his feet. And finally, at the command of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his head was covered with a shawl and his feet was covered with plants. Another Sahabi, Ikrama bin Abi Arkham, Arkham bin Abi Arkham, one of the first converts to Islam, Arkham's home, next to the Safa Peaks became the headquarters of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and other Muslims. Tied with loyalty to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he put his house under Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's command. The house was called the Darul Arkham in Islamic history to be very suitable for Islamic activities. 
and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made it into a center. At first, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would call the people to Islam in this home. He would teach them how to worship here. And Muslims also hid in this home to escape the persecution of the idolaters. Opening his home, was just the, which was just next to the Kaaba, for the fall to Islam, when he was only a youth of 17 and 18 years old, shows what a brave and self-sacrificing young man he was. Muaz bin Jabal, Muaz was born in Medina. Muaz became a Muslim at the second Aqaba out and became subject to the Prophet ﷺ's close interest. And after the conquest of Makkah, Nabi ﷺ appointed him as his deputy. And in the year 9 after Hijra, after returning from the Tabuk campaign, Nabi ﷺ appointed him as governor of Yemen. Nabi ﷺ made the necessary recommendations as to how we should govern all the people to Islam, but to this young governor who was only 27 years old, these were Muaz. This was Muaz's last meeting with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Another Sahabi was Asma binti Abu Bakr. She was one of the first Muslim young women, and was Aisha radiAllahu eldest sister. Her name became prominent at the time when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was making preparations for migration. At night, she should carry the food to where Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the uh, father Abu Bakr radiallahu an hid for three days. And during the immigration, Asma divided her waist belt, a waistband into two, and tied the, pa- the bag of provisions with one. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam complimented her, saying, "May Allah give you two waistbands in heaven for this one." And she is known as Zatun. The two waistbands as a result of this. And during those days, a group including the, the enemy of Islam, Abu Jahal, came and asked where Asma's father was. And when she said, I do not know, Abu Jahal struck her and her earrings fell to the ground. Another Sahabi, Aisha, Aisha, Aisha passing her, her youth. As the wife of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Aisha radiallahu anha learned the religious sciences from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because she shared the same house with Islam's teacher and because it was next to the masjid, she benefited from his teachings night and day, listening to his teachings and his conversations and she immediately asked and learned anything she did not understand and was curious about and did not or did not know due to the spiritual enlightenment that she got from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Aisha radiallahu anha, became the most distinguished teacher of Islamic principles. And due to her strong memory, she became unequal servers in the transmission of hadith and the sunnah to the later, later generations. With the 2,210 ahadith she reported, she is fought in rank amongst the seven sahaba radiallahu anha who reported the most ahadith. Sa'laba bin Abdurrahman, age 16, Sa'laba ibn Abdurrahman was a young man. At the age of 16, he ran the errands for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is a lengthy story regarding Sa'laba. How Sa'laba, one day while walking through the city of Medina, doing an errand for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his eyes caught onto a door, and at a doorway of a home, and then the, the wind blew a curtain and he had seen the, 
a lady in the bath, and it affected him such that he felt guilty that he, being a, pro- a companion of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, made such a great sin. He felt that he had been a hypocrite, and he feared that Almighty Allah Ta'ala would reveal ayat to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam of his hypocrisy. So he said that he fled Medina, fearing this, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, seeing that the Sa'laba was not present, not coming to him, he asked the companions, where is oh, Sa'laba, where is Sa'laba? Then he sent Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, sent his Sahaba looking for the Sa'laba, and they went to the outskirts, and they found some shepherds, some Bedouins, and they asked him, and they described Sa'laba, and Sa'laba came down from the mountains, crying, fearing Allah, did Allah reveal my, expose my hypocrisy for my mistake, for my sin? The Sahaba, radiallahu anhu, Salman Farsi was amongst, amongst them, took him back to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and there he, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa came to him, he said, O Prophet of Allah, I am not, did Allah reveal the ayat of my hypocrisy? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, no. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam takes Sa'laba's tired body, places his head on his lap, Sa'laba says, O Prophet of Allah, remove the head of a sinner from you. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam comforted him until he told Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I feel as though ants are walking between my flesh and bones. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him that it was death and his time has come. He, would, he, he witnessed while Sa'laba's head was on his lap, Sa'laba proclaimed that there is none worthy of worship besides Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger. How lucky is Sa'laba, this youngster, 16, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, performed his ghusl. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam carried him to his grave, lowered him into his grave. It is said that while Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was carrying Sa'laba to his grave, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started walking on his toes as if they were, they were, he was walking in a crowd. And Hazrat Umar radiallahu alayhi seeing this, asked him, why? As to why? As to why did he, why was he walking like this? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that he was being crowded by the malaika who had come to attend the janazah of Sa'laba radiallahu anhu. So my beloved listeners, look at this youngster at the age of 16. He has attained such a rank that the sahaba radiallahu anhu, the malaika descending upon his janazah. Sayyidina Umar in al-Khattab narrated that our beloved Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that some of Almighty Allah's servants are neither prophets nor martyrs. They are special people who on the day of reckoning the Anbiya alayhi salam and the martyrs will envy them for their ranks and nearness to Almighty Allah. Someone asked, oh Prophet of Allah, who are they and what are the deeds, the type of deeds that they perform so that we may love them as well. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied that they are the people who love one another for Allah, even though they have no blood ties, money to exchange, or worldly business to barter. But I swear by Allah, on the day of reckoning, their faces will be effulgent light, and they will be raised on pulpits of light. They will not be subject to the fear and the creation is seized by the honest of the day of reckoning, nor will they be subject to the sorrow, and the rest of creation will be seized, seized by it. And they have recited the verse 62 in Surah Yunus, Behold, verily, on the friends of Allah, there is no fear, 
nor shall they be grieved. It is our foremost duty, Islamic duty and responsibility to learn and to ponder unto the words of the Holy Quran and to follow the Sunnah way in the life of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Once we have learned and acted upon it, what we have learned it is obligatory upon us to pass on this knowledge to our children, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our non-Muslims, to our associates, and grant us to live that we say by what we say and not count us among those who say things that they do not do. My beloved youngsters who are listening, Islam was brought to us through the young efforts of the youth, and the youth have to stand up just like the young Sahabas did and carry Islam to the day of Qiyamah. And those parents and grandparents who are listening, it is our duty to guide our children, spend, spend on their deen, on their deeny knowledge, and not on, on their deeny knowledge only, that we only spend time on the sports and the extra activities after school, and we forget about their maktab, we forget about taking them, we need to spend time with them, take them for salah. If we have a son, take the son, go with the son for salah. If we have a daughter, make the daughter read salah. Would, would you next to you, Every salah from Fajr right to Isha every day, even on holidays, teach them at home, have salim at home, perform. My respected brothers, in today's the youth, the biggest complaint they have that their parents do not have time for them, that they, their parents will just give them money and say, go sort yourself out. Some youngsters today, it is said that they say we have so much money, they do not know what to do it. And that's why in today's time we have a problem with drugs and alcohol, because youngsters have abundance of wealth in the possession and the parents do not have time for them. And we also as parents have a responsibility to check who are their friends, do they have good company, uh, to check on the social media, they post, and also have a check on their phone, what pictures are they taking, what applications are they using, what games are they playing. There is a Facebook page called Code 9 Parents that gives us the opportunity to it gives us knowledge on how how the youth on different applications, how we can misguide our youngsters. So let us make that effort. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen.